he used to get on me like like an older brother. But I like I was the kind of guy that he could get on, you know, because it was tough for him. He, when I was young, he used to get on me real hard because we had a connection with the Bay Area. We have the same representation with agents with Ian Dubin Sports, you know. So like we had like kind of a, a little thing, but like I wasn't like a stud yet. So like if I didn't do something exactly right, like he would like fully like come on, Jules. Mm -hmm. you know, like hit hit the high octave mm -hmm. but you know as i got older he would yell at me and i would kind of like yell back if I, if it was like not like prohibited like if if, oh. if, it wasn't, if if this wasn't meant to be yelled at i'm like bro you can't yell at me for this like but he used to like to yell at me because i think he couldn't yell at other guys because they would tank if they did right. you know what i mean right. he's so He's like, these guys have been watching him since they were like two years old. I was watching him since I was like 13. Tuesday, everybody. I hope you had a, a great weekend. I know I am still having a great weekend. I said, let's get the fuck out of Dodge. Let's get a little vacation. Load management here at the Greenlight Pod Studios. Trying to take care of our players. We ask a lot of them. Reed, Taylor, John. Guys, get some rest. Make sure you're uh, stretching this weekend. Make sure you're not, you know, sitting around, lactic acid building up. Read something, do a crossword puzzle. I don't know, Reed. Go for a walk. But just don't sit there and just get obliterated all weekend, okay? So you guys know I'm recording this on Friday so that we could go on this vacation, this studio, this flavor station vacation. We need some time away. So what I did is I called a buddy and I said, Let, let's shoot the shit for an hour. Let's just talk. Julian Edelman, guy I played with for a year in New England, you know all about him. Uh, he is exactly how you would imagine to play with, uber competitive, great teammate, fun, you know, brings life into the room, uh, loves taking his shirt off, you know, loves the selfies, but he's not a pretty boy on the field, all right? He's a dog, and that's why I love the guy, and that's why I think we hit it off in, in uh, New England, and a guy that I didn't expect to be like buddies with years after. I mean, we had a great time there. There's so many great dudes in New England, so many, but you can't keep in touch with all of them, Jules is a guy that I was very surprised to, you know, have a relationship where I could hit him up every once in a while. He'd hit me up and we can catch up and that he's just a good teammate, good friend. And, um, I'm happy for him hanging it up, left it all on the field. Maybe can't go anymore physically, but even if he, he could, I mean, what a good time to exit stage left three times Super Bowl champion, 12 year career. Uh, the Hall of Fame thing, whatever, low-hanging fruit, stupid to talk about right now. It was only interesting for half a day, and then it got out of hand. I just want to talk to Jules about how he's doing with retirement, what's next for him, some of the best memories uh, in New England, and, uh, and bust his balls a little bit. He's the best. He's a lot of fun. Uh, so sit back, enjoy, and uh, we've got Julian Edelman for you. Here's Jules. 
Bubs, what's up, man? You look fresh. You look rested. You look happy, man. I'm fresh. I'm rested, and I'm happy. Uh, <laughs> I'm just chilling. You look cleaner than you've looked in years. The the beard is gone. Are you skinnier? Have you lost weight? No, I've actually I've maintained everything. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm in fighting shape right now, just in case you know, just in case you okay. just. Okay, about that. All right, so everybody thinks you like, and I know you're done because we talked about this, or at least I think you're done. Uh, but now everybody's coming out of retirement. Brandon Jacobs, did you hear about Brandon Jacobs? He wants to come back as a defensive end. What, what? Tim, Tim Tebow came back as a tight end. Yeah, that's not going to be as easy. When you've been out of the game that long, you can. T I don't know if you can tell this, but we had talked a little bit. This is actually the first time we've talked. We didn't talk on the phone really since you retired, and we talked a few months ago for people listening. And no, you called me when you were about to retire. You were like hiking a mountain. I don't know. You randomly <laughs> called me like, "Yeah, man, I just, uh, I just like bear crawled uh, this mountain and I threw these logs." I'm like, "Cool, dude. What's up?" <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm just kind of like. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not feeling it right now. I think I'm. I think I'm. I think I'm good to go. Uh, you heard this? <laughs> yeah, I do. Faintly. I mean, it might have been a drunk dial. No, you, it was midday. I mean, oh, it could still could have been a drunk dial because when you know it's time to go, you just live your life. Exactly insane that 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 part you just said. You live your life like I'm, yeah. Say yes to things that you're like ah. You were like for so many years. You're just so regimented, and there's this like invisible fence around you, like a dog. And then one day the, the fence is gone. And once you go past that fence, you realize that A, you didn't need that yard to be so small. And B, it's going to be really hard to go back to that invisible fence life, which is why I figure, you know, like, or I wonder if you're feeling like there's no chance I could go back and do that. And it's not Sunday. It's just the bullshit Monday through Sunday. It's like the BS through the week for me yeah, at least. The old saying was they didn't pay us to play in the games. They paid us to practice. Right. You know? and, and, you know, that, that's the toughest part. Right now I have no thoughts of going back. I, I can't. You know, my knee is my knee's pretty jacked up. Um, like I could go out and run right now and it'd feel great, but if I were to compound, oh, you know, five days, a week, two weeks, three weeks, then you, you, know, you get back into that process of trying to get the swelling out of your knee, all that stuff. And I don't feel like dealing with that. Like you said, I've gone past the fence and, you know, I, I've been kind of institutionalized with routine and all this stuff that you, you know, I've been through for the last 12 years in new England, you know, how regiment is there Yeah. that like, it's been kind of nuts. Like, uh, what do I do? This, that, <laughs> yeah. What am you I know? doing today? I don't, yeah. Hey Bill, I need a schedule. What time's breakfast? <laughs> You know, it's, it's true. I mean, I have my, I have old Sammy over here giving me red schedules. You know, we got red schedule Fridays. Let's go over. I want to go over the week. Let's go. I need a red schedule, but it's just, it's a new chapter and it's, you're nervous and you're, you're excited and it's all those types of things all build up in one. And, uh, I mean, I think that's just in any, any transition of anything, you know, and that's just how I felt when I was coming into the league, you know, being a guy that wasn't, you know, playing that position, having to transition, like, am I going to make the team? Am I going to do this? Am I going to trans? So now I'm in that same kind of realm of, all right, now I'm going TV. I'm doing, in, you know, inside the NFL. I'm, we got the production company. I'm not a crazy vet in this. It's new. So I'm a little nervous, but I'm excited to go out and, and try things that I've never got to do and explore other passions like you're doing. Yeah. Well, no, but it's so true though, that 
you're probably going to be really good at this because you've been adaptable your entire career, like mentally and physically being able to play different positions. I mean, I can't wait to talk about the defense stuff, but like you've done everything and you, you haven't had like a roadmap laid out in front of you. You've probably had your own roadmap in your head, but there's never been like a predictability for you in your career. You know, you've always had to hit the curveball. So this is another curveball. Yeah. You know, I never really had the roadmap. I was always focused on what was on my plate at that time. There were so many things I was having to deal with at that, you know, like being drafted to a team as a receiver when you have Randy Moss, Wes Welker, Greg Lewis, they just traded for Joey Galloway. Like you start trying to play roadmap game, play numbers games, you know, then you, you lose focus of, uh, you know, the task at hand of trying to just get better that day and, and compound good practices for coaches. So I can never really think ahead like that. You know, this is the first time I'm having to do that. I've, I'm having to look into the future and, and plan because I, I don't have something just given to me and say, here, this is what you are. This is what you got to do. Now let's go see what you can do. Now that this is up to me, you know, to make that map. There's not the map already, you know, made. I think it's a cool time that you picked to retire too, because Jeff Fisher told me something really smart. He said, you don't want to retire in a J month. You don't want to retire in January and you don't want to retire in like July. Like guys do it all the time. And when it's right for you, it's right. But the point being that like, you want to think it through and you don't want to be like hanging on and not sure towards camp because that's a really weird place to be. And, um, and I just think you picked a pretty good time and the summer's a nice time to ease into it. Cause there's shit going on. We're yeah. out of the pandy now, at least as far as like bars and sporting events are concerned. So you're going to be able to like be social and see people. The winter's weird. The first fall's weird. Like there's no yeah. question. There's going to be quiet moments where you're like, ah, this feels weird. Yeah. I already feel a little weird right now. Like with my body muscle memory kind of like, shouldn't I be in like really good shape right yeah, now? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Instead of drinking a beer on a Tuesday, which, oh. you know, this is a passing camp day. What are we doing? What is my, what are my hands doing? What, what, am, what do I do? Like, I got so good at drinking one or two beers in retirement. When I played, it was a thousand or zero. Z- exactly. And it's just like, you're living a life of moderation. I've said this before. I think you're right. Probably recently on this podcast is like, when you retire, you have to be okay with uh, you know a lifestyle that's right in the middle, and I'm I'm using my hand to just go right in front of my face. But when you played, it could be either up here, way above my head, or down here, way below. Like your worst Monday is awful. Your best Monday, you'll never have that again, but you won't have the terrible one either. You just have to get used to being in the middle. So it's a weird feeling. That's what Freddie Taylor told me once. You remember Fred Taylor? Oh yeah, East Monster. Oh yeah. Well, my rookie year, he was in New England. And I was, you know, when you're in a rookie, you're sitting there and you're all over the place mentally, like new kid, new. I don't know. You may not have been in the same situation. You were the second pick. Yeah. But, you know, you you different expectations, different expectations. Exactly. And you said something earlier that that struck me was like, you never had the roadmap. I had a big roadmap, a lot of pressure. You were like, fuck it, let's live today, which is a great way to be, too. You yeah. don't have the security I have, but they're very different, like coming to league lives. You know what yeah. I mean? Back to Freddie T. I was sitting there as a little rookie. Like I get up early and I'd go to the hotel. You remember the hotel we stayed at over in Foxborough? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I like the piccolo Pete's barely. Uh, I would sit outside and before the bus and Freddie T came out and I would ride with him every once in a while. And he goes, Hey, 
young buck, I can see you're stressed out. I'm, you know, Freddie T's like calm, cool, collect dude. He's just like a, a real cool, like uncle that is always got like the best advice you ever needed. He looks at me and he goes, you know, there's going to be a lot of highs and a lot of lows. You just got to stay even keel, young buck. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's true. And that's the thing we talked about in, in the, in the ride. <laughs> it was nuts. Yeah. But I, I remember thinking about that the whole time. Like there's going to be a bunch of highs, which you're, so correct on in football i mean the highs are high and the lows are super low but i was at a place as you know like you didn't really have time to think of like the successes you had or yeah. the failures because you were moving on next week yeah you know what i mean so i kind of adapted to that and and hopefully i bring that and translate that into you know my life after football it's kind of cool though the retirement part of like you die without actually dying. Everybody says all the nice shit about you that if you got hit by a truck, they would say, but they say it like right in front of you. And that's a cool thing, dude. Not a lot of people get to do that. How did you feel about the outpouring, man? Was there anything unexpected, like an unexpected like message you got from an opponent, somebody that you respected or something like that? No, nah, I mean, a lot of it went to a lot of BS, you know, instantly like mm -hmm. all the hall talk and stuff. So like, there's a lot of hate on that. And you know, you had, like, I had some cool dudes reach out and I'll leave it between that. I'm not going to name drop, but you know what I mean? Like it was cool to have that and to see the team and, and, and hear what like, you know, what coach said and what Mr. Kraft said, RKK and, and uh, you know, being part of one organization my whole career. And you know how it is there. You, you don't necessarily get the compliments and like no, the, yeah. and that and, and to hear you know, Bill say what he said at, at that level, you know, that, that's kind of like if you if Bill gave you like a compliment or a, a pat on the butt, like during the week, it made your week. Oh, man, you, you get like you feel I get, tingly. I feel tingly, Bill. Thank you. I know. <laughs> giddy. Get giddy like a little kid. I do that to like my last year. Yeah. I'm 12 years at this place. I've spent 12 years with this guy. You know what he when you joke around, you key key with them, yeah. you know, yo shit, that made my day. Oh yeah. 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 And then you're like, I better not fuck up in practice. Cause he's going to think I was just being a dickhead in the hallway. Exactly. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you and, mean. Uh, and damn, you know, like when I got there late in my career, I was like, I'm kind of a, I like to have fun. And I, I was afraid to even joke with him sometimes, but I couldn't help it. He's so fucking funny to me. He, he, he's well, you got to, you got there where you could laugh. Like, you know, when you when you're a young guy that's farmed there, mm -hmm. like there's a lot of things that you would want to laugh at, but you'd have to look around the room and see who was laughing to see if you could laugh. You know, like if if like Steve Neal was laughing, he's been there for eight years. I can't laugh yet, but if I saw like uh, you know Kevin O'Connell, the, the second year guy laughing, all right, maybe I could laugh a little. <laughs> you know, uh, what's the meanest thing he's ever said to you? Because the one thing I always say to people is like. It's very effective, the tactic of having everybody meet in the big room on Monday. You oh. know what I'm talking about? Like, you, well, you don't because you, you didn't play for any teams that did it the other way. You know, it's like you come in, you lose. The head coach says, we'll get them next week, break down to offense and defense. Not in New England. Everybody, including Tom Brady, including Dante Hightower, including yourself, Bill, right down to Ted and the strength coach, they're all in there just staring at the film. Scouts. We have, we have regional scouts in there. You know, sometimes you have a coaching staff from another team. You, you know, like, NFL legends coming back. Yeah. You're bringing alumni in to just watch you Kobe, shit the bed on something. I mean, I remember Kobe coming in there one time. Oh, was, to watch film? Yeah, he came into a practice or like into like the, the, the team meeting. Oh, you know, like, God. Like, you're like, please don't put the bad cut up up. Oh, my God. Bill Tube? 
low lights yeah know? what was the worst low light session for you of all time uh, when i used to like fight in practice or something like me and gilmore i got in a fight with gilmore and like he puts it on and he'll just sit and rewind it like 40 <laughs> like 45 times with silence 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 and then when he stands up there's like a little guy. There's a guy that his job is to go run and turn the lights on. So it's like majestically turning off. You oh know? my god, like, dude! And then when he sits down, the guy goes and turns it off. You know what I mean? They so light he, from the bottom up. It's like perfect. Yes, like, yes. yes. So he sits and rewinds it like forty-five times, and then he goes and he stands up and he goes, "Like what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> we, I mean, we we can't have this." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just going on and just ringing me like, you know what, Edelman? You you over here think you're a, you're, you're a tough guy. You know, just just getting on me in front of the team and like really. But I think low key he loved it. He did love it. I think he was yeah, he entertained loved- by it. I think he was entertained by. God forbid anybody ever got caught sleeping in the meeting. He'd see like one of the rookies like nodding oh. off, and everybody. I feel like. I wanted to save those kids so bad. I would drink so much coffee. I lived right behind the stadium, so I could never be late. And I drank five cups of coffee a day. I, ha- I hate caffeine. I was afraid. See, I I was there for so long. I, I used to sit back and I, I dream. I, I was like, it was entertainment by the time I was older. I would sit and watch and like, oh, he's gone. And then Bill would go get, you know what I mean? It's it just, you know, but it's it's really something to be said when, you know, a coach, I don't know how it is, like you said, in other places, but this guy every day for 45 to 50 minutes, every day, would break down three phases of the game. and He could call each phase of the game like it was like he was a coordinator. And he's called plays for each phase of the game. So, like, I didn't really realize that until, like, I heard guys like you come in and say, like, this is crazy that you guys meet every morning this long and he's putting on a 60-play cut-up that we all have to watch. Like, I didn't realize that. That it's was accountability, like, though. Yeah, it's the accountability because, because like, if, if I mess up and the defense, like, if I mess up on a side adjustment, and you know, if the defense is like paying attention, because sometimes guys are just over doodling and shit. But mm-hmm. you know, if they're paying attention, then like, it, you get embarrassed because you want them to feel like you know what I mean. So, like you said, it's that accountability that he always holds to everyone, and everybody's afraid the same way and yeah. and you feel so stupid when you mess up but everybody in the room knows i'll say this about new england man some of the best most like accountable teammates some great leaders like the guys in that locker room like you you know i'll i'll never like blow the organization i really respect the organization i'm never gonna like be that guy but but the locker room was amazing man and and i don't think anybody was trying to screw up ever you know but when you screw up uh, you're going to get fried in the big room. And it made me feel better to realize that probably when I screwed up, everybody felt just glad it wasn't them. You know what I mean? That was the prevailing emotion in the room. It wasn't like, fuck you, Chris. I was never watching you. Like after that Pittsburgh game, I guess you dropped a punt. And I was like, oh my God, he's yelling at Julian. Oh, you remember that? Oh yeah. I was like, oh my God, he's yelling at like one it of the best so many times. I don't even remember that. Because you're calloused. But I just was like, I feel bad for him not mad at him. How could I be mad at Julian? He's trying his best, but it is that fear and accountability of, is it going to be me? No, there was never really like, I was joking around when I was saying like, it was entertainment. Like you said, like, 
those guys do a really good job of bringing good guys into the program. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the Devin McCordys, the Matthew Slaters, the Jason McCordys, the Dante Hightowers. Like these dudes are like some, not just some of the best football players, but some of the best men yeah. I have been around. Yeah. Like bar none, like family guy, professional in the community. Like these guys do it all and they do it all at a very high level. Like, you know, it, it's 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 something to be said. Like, I don't know what it is at other places. Like, when guys come in and yeah. you can see it, you know, a, a joker if he comes in, he's he's not really shaking. You know, he he gets into shape. He gets in he gets into line because he sees that like, you know, the other these other guys we're all doing this too. So, but also the reputation of like you're opting into something and you're not needed there. No one is needed there. There was one guy in my opinion that was absolutely needed there, and he left. But everybody's expendable. So when you opt into that situation, whether you're like a vet like me who was pretty good and now I'm like at the tail end of my career or a Hall of Famer that, you know, that's in his 15th year or a guy on his second deal, like you might not get your best ball because scheme matters and all that stuff. And, you know, you're part of a team, but you're going to get your best effort out of that guy because he already knows what time it is walking in that building. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's all I knew. What about defensive players? Because, like, I feel like everybody thinks about you and Tom and your friendships with guys on offense and that sort of thing. You're competitive as hell. You talk about fighting with Gilly. You know, I know you're scrappy, and it can get ugly on the field sometimes, but was there a rivalry with a guy in New England that made you better early, like a DB that you guys just went at it nonstop and he helped you? Yeah, there, there was a few. My rookie year, there was Will Height. I used to go up against a lot. Jonathan Wilhite, uh, he got me better. He was the starting star at the time. And then, you know, Talib came in and I was going into like, you know, four years in, he was a vet, like kind of a vet, but he was in his prime. I got to go against Talib and he made me better learning against those kind of savvy guys that sit back and they wait for you. And they're trying to play the quarterback and you with the eyes in the backfield, like learning how to attack those guys. Those guys were always, he was awesome for me. And then the next guy I got was Revis. And when Revis came, then you're seeing like a little bit like the, an insanely balanced, always on good feet, like guy that knew route concepts, that knew like down and distance. So like you could never be sloppy with a guy like him or he would just eat you up. And, you know, every day in New England, we did one-on-ones. You remember that. Yeah. So it's not like we're, we don't see these guys and you're going iron on iron, like, I wanted to go against the best. And then eventually, you know, Gilmore got there and he made me better. So I had, I had a few, I had a lot of good corners, you know, that, that helped me, you know, develop in the player that I, I got to be because, you know, we practice hard there and we do one-on-ones and, you know, I, I would say those guys, a guy that I had a rivalry with a lot when I was younger, Pat Chung, me and him used to like fight every day. Not a tough guy though. And I had to go block the force and like, uh, nine on sevens and you know you know chung yeah chung. dude i know chung. You, know, you, you don't know a young chung no young okay chung. but i will tell you he was the first guy when i got to new england that kind of that was like all right man let's hang out like you know you're my guy like so we yeah. go out drinking or hanging out yeah and i just i'll always appreciate him for that like he was a very welcoming cat you know what i mean Oh, he's that's that Jamaican in him. Yeah, dude. He's just he's happy, dude. He's like, hey, man, what's up? He's super happy. He's a great oh, dude. 
What he about having a brand in New England? That's a tough one, right? Because we bust each other's balls. You always bust my balls. But, oh, Chris, your podcast or your charity. Like, I love your charity. And I bust your balls about all your stuff. But, like, really, though, we do have brands. I don't think we think about it, like, intentionally. This is going to be my brand. But, like, we speak out on things we want to talk about. We are entertaining funny people. Um, you're way more popular than me. But you also played in New England your whole career. So, like... That's kind of the juxtaposition of I'm going to be a fucking movie star one day and I'm playing in New England. Was Bill okay with that the whole time? Like, because you actually were able to kind of be your own guy. Yeah. You know, I was the first generation in that locker room with social media. Yeah. Like, I remember when, when I was a rookie, you know, our rookie group were the only ones on the cell phone in the locker in between meetings and stuff. Other guys were, you know, shooting the shit and, you know, talk, you know what I mean? Yeah. And now I'll reverse it. Like, when you get older, I was the only guy that wanted to talk with people when everyone else was in their lockers, you know, on their phone. That's just how it became. So we had to get, you know, like with, with that whole thing in my my world and ballpark, just growing up with it, you know, I started making little pieces of content because there's a certain standard and there's a certain way you have to handle yourself in the media when it comes to football in New England. You know, that you know that, I know yeah. that. Um you know, coach doesn't want any distractions and he doesn't want any kind of like, you know, billboard material. Like he, he, he wants you to focus on what you have to focus on every single minute of the day. Like he makes you think about football like that. Like every yeah. decision I made for 12 years was like, is Bill going to get pissed at me for this or not? Uh, yeah, probably. So it's like it's, having it, another dad. It's like having another dad. So social media was a way for me to kind of, like you said, establish a personality or a brand or develop content. And it all started, you know, we started making little dumb YouTube videos and Bill had a, a few rules when this started coming in. Like yeah. I remember he, he was my face and space book and like, yeah, uh, what was he called? He intentionally screw up the name snap face. Yeah. Like he would, he would say <laughs> this. Get it. Cause you hate it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> It's fucking snap face. Like, I don't know what this does. Like he says, like, he doesn't know what it does, but he clearly knows. You what know it what does. it does coach. So, uh, you know, he had a specific rule set on what you could do. You remember that you can't have anything in the, in the facility. Can't take no pictures stuff. in the facility. Guys screwed that up all the time. I was always like, yo, you just got here. One of the first rules I'd watch guys come in. Like just in my one year, I was like, they, they the fucking the rule. The first rule was no pictures in this mother. There's no windows on this building. Why would you think any, they want anything to get out? Yeah. There's no windows. You couldn't have any. He said in the parking lot. So like on the facility, I think. Dude, I, I a dude did a selfie. A rookie did a selfie of like, you know, like, you know, I'm, I'm at home at Patriot Place or something like that. You know, a nice little benign yeah. post. That shit was taken down so fast. <laughs> well, I remember I would walk by. I, I would be in my locker just, you know, in between meetings. And you see a picture for someone in the locker room and you go look like, what the is this guy gonna? Die? What does he think? You remember what I'm talking yes. about? I know exactly what you mean. And then you go, and then then all of a sudden you'd see little bears walk in. Oh, bears! Yeah, just walk in. Hey, Bill wants to see you. Never oh. good news. Never good news. He has the internet too, man. I love bears. Though. But what? So what are you gonna do with all that? Because you've built a really nice brand for yourself, and I hate even saying the word brand because I'm not saying it. Like brand to me sounds like maybe a little fake. Like this is who you are. Like you're creative. You have fun. You're funny. You can also be hardworking and badass on the field. And I think you're gonna parlay it into something great. What's next? 
Well, I'm doing Inside the NFL yep. on Showtime, which uh, I'm excited for that. That'll be fun to be on that historic show yeah. on a platform that I've been watching my whole life. And then I also partnered up with Viacom, CBS, and Paramount for a, a studio deal for my production company. So we got something in developments right now, which I'm really excited about, uh, you know, just kind of creating content. It, it all went from like creating these little YouTube videos and, and then going into Instagram and this stuff. And now this is a new platform and a longer platform for us to create our content. And, you know, it's fun, you know, when you start doing those types of things and you, you go from the very beginning and you shoot all this content and then you get in the, you know, the editing room and you, you bring it down and you break it down. And at first you think this thing's going to be terrible. I don't know why we did this, that, and then you, you know, you shape it, you mold it, and then you see the finished product and, it, and how you guys changed it. I mean, it, I, I, it gives me a high. So, you know, it's fun and it's something that I've always liked doing and, you know, we're going to see where this takes me. It also goes to show you that a lot of the content you see is is not how it came out of the pipe. Like, no. like no. we'll do some stuff here, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm looking at other podcasts. Like, you're not as great as I thought because, like, I know we're having trouble to get this all spliced together. I was gonna say, would it be possible to cast me and Ninko in one of your movies to get like just killed or something? I mean, I'm more of a a Kyle Long kind of guy. Oh, you're Kyle Long guy. Kyle Long would be great in one of your movies. Like to you know, that's be, my boy, bro. I know, dude. You guys from way back, right? What What was the way story about Saddleback when he was at community college or JUCO out in Southern California in Mission Viejo? Yeah, we, we both went to API, and you get this big ass ogre who's like six foot five, mm. three hundred fifteen pounds. Like, oh, so you're offense lineman? He goes, No, I'm pitcher. He's over here throwing. <laughs> I'm like, What? Excuse goes, me. I go, What's your name? He goes, Oh, Kyle. Long. I'm like, well, you, you're long, son. He goes, yeah. I'm like, Chris Long's your brother. He's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh my god. And he had insane feet. I remember his footwork was oh. so good. When we do the ladder drill, you'd see this big ass six foot six, three hundred fifteen pound dude just doing this ladder drill, hella good, catching balls, <laughs> throwing and stuff. But we used to. I mean, I loved him. We we had an yeah. instant vibe, and we connected, and we were both young and. Then he transitioned into football. I remember him with his career. And, and the best thing that happened to him because he went out west. He refocused. He ended up at that JUCO down there. It was beautiful yeah. at Saddleback. Played football. Got the bug. Like All of a sudden, he got drafted by the White Sox. He was supposed to be a baseball player. Really talented yeah. guy. Really talented guy. The year I was there in New England, that was the year. And sometimes it's funny. I have to remind people. I'm like, yeah, it was the Atlanta year. Don't worry about it. You don't remember me? Was a, but the Atlanta year, what was so special about that year for you? besides just the comeback and how it ended 16. I mean, that was a, that was the year that Tom was suspended and, you know, we had to start off, you know, those four games without him. we went three and one and then like kind of, you know, we had to grease the, the machine and then he came in and we started getting it going. And I don't know, that was a crazy year, man. Like it, it just it, like, I don't think we were supposed to do that. Were we? I don't think so either. Honestly, especially like when you get there, and from my perspective as a free agent, you're like, you're hedging, like you're pushing all your poker chips to the table to like try to win just one year. And you get there and Tom Brady gets suspended and you're like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, but that's almost like now in hindsight, like he, we need some adversity. Like after every kind of like gate or something, we yeah. had to go in the Super Bowl. So like we need something. 
So yeah, and the playoffs, the playoffs were pretty easy until I mean, nothing's easy, but but I had like for me, I was like, oh my god, first game in the playoffs. Oh, it's (laughs) they're just beating the shit out of these guys, and then it was like, oh Pittsburgh, no big deal. We actually got a break, a bye week, which isn't the coolest thing in the world to practice for a week in January in New England. Oh, you mean the blue and white game in in snow? (laughs) Well, we've had like bye weeks. We had bye weeks for a long time when I was there for that first week. And like, we would have these scrimmages. And I remember one year we had a, I don't know if it was that year or 14. It must've been 14. There was a snowstorm and it was frozen over at the practice fields. And so it, it was cause it was cold. We had to go in the stadium and half of the stadium was frozen. It was before they had the heated pipes under and we're having a full on blue and white scrimmage <laughs> a week before the playoffs start. I'm talking like guys are like Braveheart out there. Like, yeah, dude. You know what I mean? Like, we're splitting up teams, this, that. I'm like, what are we doing? Yeah, when my first bye week in my life, you know, nine years into my career, I was like, could we have just like maybe squeaked in? You know, uh, I don't, I'm taking on double teams out here on Wednesday. I don't have any tort all in me. No, that's all they do, man. You need that vitamin T. But the Super Bowl, though. I've always wondered this. I never asked somebody this, actually, and this is perfect. What took y'all so long? What took us so long? I don't want to say y'all, the offense. I'm saying y'all were sputtering. We were getting gashed. I know what was happening on our side of the ball. What was happening on y'all's side of the ball? Well, I remember going into that game, what Bill say, to at least to the offense. He said, we needed to score touchdowns when we get in the red area, and we need to convert third downs and we cannot turn the ball over. That right. first drive, remember LeGarrette, we were going into the red area and we fumbled. <sighs> so, like, we were actually kind of driving. Yeah. You know, we were on that fringe, like, like that 40 to 35 range. I don't remember, like, specifically, but then we ended up fumbling. The next time, you know, we're sitting there. Now we, we're kind of clinched a little bit here. Little little butthole punker. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, so then I think we went the three and out. We didn't, we had a manageable third down. We didn't do that. And then the next one, we do a pick six or something. So like, and we were in the red area. We were driving the ball. We just didn't, we weren't executing, bro. Like that, it's, it, that's what it is. It's simple. Yeah. You know, it's, it's lack of execution. And then, you know, we went in the uh, halftime and all of a sudden, you know, we had a good, com- you know, we were all pretty composed for the most part. See, I mean, here's it, the funny part. And I always bring you up. Uh, is I'm like, Jules was like gung-ho, we're going to win this game, and I'm from a losing culture, and I'm like, <laughs> 28, whatever we were down, I was like, y'all going to win this game? What? Can we just get a fucking stop, Duran? Like, Duran's like, this is going to be the greatest comeback of all time. And it wasn't until recently I saw you on an interview, it might have been part of my take or something, and you were like, I didn't know what the fuck to think, and I was like, oh, he really didn't believe it either, he was just like me. <laughs> Uh, nah, nah, nah. It, I mean, I, the uh, thing is, I've been, <laughs> wish you could see him. I've been in games. I've been in games where we've been behind a lot and we came back, bro. I don't care oh. who's football. The Super Bowl is always close. Man. Well, Remember? I wouldn't know. I'm, little old me, I wouldn't know. Little old I'm me just, gets the Super Bowl. I'm like, this is what it's like. It feels more like I got assaulted, dude. Bro, those guys, those guys have never been in a Super Bowl. Like, I was a little nervous. They I blew was their nervous. load. They blew their load. I was a little nervous, but like, <laughs> yo, like we, if we would have like did well on those, we would have been fine because the defense really only gave up what 
uh, seven points. We we gave up the other two, really, in the grand scheme of things. So you should have seen me and Ninko coming out because you know we're both kind of negative. Oh, kind of. <laughs> oh, we yeah. It's like Step Brothers, what you used to call us, but yeah, we were sitting on the bench, like just looking at each other, just. <laughs> staring at each other but Nico kept telling me before the game I would have these long conversations I was anxious about like not the game like I don't give a fuck about football I'm gonna go out there and play but just the ramifications of the game in my life and Nico was like let me tell you something man it's the best feeling in the world to win a Super Bowl it's as good as like xyz but there is no worse feeling in the world than losing a Super Bowl. You would rather go 0-16. And I can remember when he said that, I just like froze, dude. And I couldn't stop thinking about it. And all he had to do was look at me at halftime. And the look said it all. Remember what I said, motherfucker? <laughs> I was just, oh, it was so bad. And we didn't know really, I don't feel like the tide turned until almost the fourth quarter when High forced the fumble. We were still out of it. Yeah, I would say that. I mean, that's when I felt the shift in momentum we scored and then high stripped one and then then we were still down what 16 points it was a lot still you look back and you're like damn it still wasn't but you could see when they panned to the sideline on like nfl films and looked at like you or tom your halftime let's go guys turned into a we're fucking in this like you know the the it was like you guys lit up on the sideline and we're like, okay, we're definitely in range now. It was that play that High made. Without a doubt. I mean, w- when the stars started aligning, that's, and then what, uh, the Trey had the sack after Trey that. Trey had the sack. Yep. yep. And then the off, or then the holding call, yep. you know, and all these, these things started happening. Once we tied it up, I knew we were winning. If we got the ball in, at, at, uh, overtime, it was over because like we were on that, that wavelength that by that time we're, we had just climbed Mount Everest to get back into this game. And by no means are we letting this thing get out of our hands now because of what we did. In all the Super Bowls I've played, they ne- there's never like a comfortability or there's never like a, a flow to the game. It's because of you know the long timeouts, the 15 extra minute halftime, the two additional timeouts each half, like or TV commercials. There's no real flow to the game. So, like, the team that can find their flow usually is the team that goes out and, and has the most success. And we didn't have really necessarily any flow in that first half. But in the second half, you know, guys were just starting to try to win each play, at least on offense. That's what I could say. We were trying to win one play at a time. Like, we knew a 60-yard touchdown is not going to bring us in this game. We were, we were still down three scores. Right. You know what I mean? So, once we got everyone in their mindset – in that kind of mode, that's when we were like starting to, you know, dink and dunk and all right, let's pick this up. All right, now we got, you know, and that's when they started going. Well, you guys always had a scrappy offense, even before like, you know, I got to see that high powered offense really though, but still there's always an element of we're scratching, we're clawing, we have to sustain drives. And that's Mm -hmm. why like, I think Bill's so hardcore on like, I'm gonna smack the shit out of that ball out of your hand at practice, I'm gonna squirt water on the ball. All that crazy shit he does. The, the silicone balls. The, we, what about never, the silicone balls? Well, he has these balls that he greases <laughs> with the silicone. Is this the hot tub story? No, no, no. <laughs> There's like this. The, he puts this grease on these balls, and we have to do ball, like it's literally you can't you can't use gloves. Like you can't pick up the ball. It's so slick. Yeah. Like he's sitting there. You got coaches with 
freaking boxing gloves trying to take him out and stuff. But trust is really big, and he, I feel like he has to trust people to put the – trust is so hard to earn there and so easy to lose, and that's okay. What about your quarterback, Tom, who's like one of your best friends, but there's a business side to that relationship, and was there ever a time where momentarily the trust like dipped below where the friendship was on the field and you had to earn it back? I would say early when I started playing a lot, like in, in 13 – or like 12, yeah. 2012 in those, those years, like when I was trying to crack the lineup, yeah, that was like a huge thing where like, if, if I didn't do something right, he wasn't going to look at me for two weeks. You know what I mean? Like then it was just going straight, you know, Welker all day or, or, or anything like I, every play that I had that was designed to go to me, I had to execute to an exact T or like you said, the trust is gone and that, and that, and that's how he is. And, uh, you know, at least when he was in New England, it was very hard to earn that. And he, you had, he had to see it consistently through practice for him to actually feel that and, and be comfortable with giving you a little hint of trust, not even like the full trust. But then as it went on to our career later in my career, it was more of, you know, we, we had such a routine on and off the field uh, in the off season and, and learning each other where, I think that trust was, you know, it was building even bigger and bigger through practices and, and compounding just through the years. So like I, that's how, that's that that was our relationship. What were his biggest pet peeves if you could share any? Uh his biggest pet peeve was if you didn't like if you didn't come flat to downhill like on outbreaking routes. Yeah, or or in cuts, like if you didn't go flat to downhill, if guys rounded it and get got undercut like and that was something that I was, that was always my, as a quarterback, I remember that, you know, throwing the guys that if a guy didn't come flat to downhill, he's not protecting the throw. So I would come down on even an out route. I'd come down even like 45 degrees and it almost looked like a comeback, but that's what he wanted because it made him feel safe to throw the ball. You know what I mean? It was those types of things that, uh, that he, he would get really mad about or stacking or stacking a guy on a, on an outbreaking or a seam or like yeah. a seam or a, a nine route, you know, that, that stacking, getting, giving him room, not getting pushed out of the side. You know, he hated that. He would always get so mad and he'd always want you to get into your route, like get into your route. Yeah. Like don't, don't kill the ants at the line of scrimmage. Let's get into our route. I mean the release game. Yeah. 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 Well, let's get into the route and, and look when you're open. That was always a huge thing. You know, there, there's a whole, there was a whole lot of things. Was it like watching, like, I'm sure as you're watching him in Tampa, you don't have time to watch his games like that, but you probably catch a few. I watched every single one. Okay, there we go. All right. It was like watching <laughs> the next girlfriend and you're like a little stalker-ish or you're watching, you're watching, like, you don't just like scroll the timeline every now and again. You're like 50 weeks deep. 50 weeks. photos. I was hurt last year. So I was watching all the games. <laughs> I mean, so you're watching and like primetime games. This guy was on primetime every week. I know he was. He was he was stacking him up. How about the Chicago game? What do you think of watching that Chicago game when he's laying on the ground and Khalil Max just breathing on him? I was thinking like that's gonna piss him off. <laughs> you know it, what I mean? He had one of the wor- it was one of the worst drives that I've ever seen, like period, and it wasn't his fault. There were like five penalties. Jensen had a penalty, there was another hold, then he got sacked. And then they did something else. And then he forgot what down it was. And I was just like, his head is ready to explode. I've never seen him matter. Yeah. I mean, 
you could definitely tell. What's it feel like to get yelled at by Tom? He's never yelled at me. I mean, I feel like he knows that like Chris is a defensive player, and quite personally, it's not that important. Like I got to yell at Jules. Yeah. What What's that you know, feel like? He used to get on me like like an older brother, but I like I was the kind of guy that he could get on, you know, because. It was tough for him. He, when I was young, he used to get on me real hard because we had a connection with the Bay Area. We have the same representation with agents with the Indubin Sports. You know, so, like, we had, like, kind of a, a little thing, but, like, I wasn't, like, a stud yet. So, like, if I didn't do something exactly right, like, he would, like, fully, like, come on, Jules, let's go! Mm-hmm. You know, like, hit, hit the high octave. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as I got older he would yell at me and I would kind of like yell back if I, if it was like, not like prohibited. Like if, if, oh. if, it wasn't, if, if this wasn't meant to be yelled at, I'm like, bro, you can't yell at me for this. Like, but he used to like to yell at me because I think he couldn't yell at other guys because they would tank if they did. Right. You know what I mean? Right. He's so he's like, these guys have been watching him since they were like two years old. I was watching them since I was like 13. You know what I mean? Like they would fully like tank and, quit or get their feelings hurt if a guy like tom brady gets on you and just starts yelling at you have, so have, like have, very good with who he could yell at and who he couldn't yell at have you ever gotten a sorry about earlier bubs no nah, but he used, to, <laughs> he used to give me the you know he, I, he'd get on me hard when i was young i remember he goes you know if if i yell at you you know i love you and i'd be like yeah uh. He'd be like, uh, then I'd be like, you must, you must really love me then. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because he yelled at me. It's so true. It's so true, though. Because I used to sit next to him before they broke. They, they they separated us after like a few years because you know, like they can't have too good of friends. In yeah, class. dicking off in the front row, dude. You know I mean? So they, they they it's like the classroom in eighth grade. We <laughs> sit next to your boy and put us <laughs> opposite ends, but uh. I'd sit there and I'd be all like beat down like a little puppy, like terrified, like I'm gonna get cut and stuff, like my first or second year. He would sit next to me and goes, You know, if I if I if I yell at you, buddy, that means I love you. <laughs> so I tell my son too. Yeah. <laughs> uh what about when you're watching him this last year, the happiness that he he exuded? I have not bit the cheese on this, like there's some big drama thing, like you know, it's a twenty year relationship, okay? And sometimes you want to do something different. That doesn't mean you hate the last place, and it can be exhilarating. Novelty's cool. He's down in Tampa. He's showing a little more personality, which is like, yeah, Bill's got rules. You don't want to disrespect his rules. What was that like seeing that side of him? Were you excited about it? Were you like kind of following along and like pointing at the TV? Like that's like the Leo gif, you know? Like that's the Tom I know. (laughs) (laughs) You know the Leo gif. I was happy for him, but I seen that side of him. Right. You know what I mean, like a lot of, he's been, you know, he, he was probably a little more reserved when he was here. He was also older and it was, you know, probably a little repetitive for him to go out. All right. Win the Super Bowl, go to a parade, same place, same energy. Same so, so dull. You know what I mean? If you think about it, and then he goes to Miami or goes into Florida. I mean, it's different. So it's probably oh, this parades on a boat. Yeah. <laughs> I can throw the trophy over the canal. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he do those fun types of things with here. It just it wasn't as it wasn't as broadcasted, right? Yeah, broadcasted. I guess then the question is because I never hung around. You hang around Tom when he's at his best, and by best I mean like he's tanked, he's having fun, like which is rare. 
so I hear. Most people have only seen him getting escorted off the off the boat. What's what's the a loose Tom like? I mean, he's just like one of the other guys, man. He's yeah. competitive, wants to compete at everything. I mean, he's just he's a fun guy to be around. He could chug a beer. The guy can chug a beer fast, pretty fast. I'm I'm telling you. I've heard this actually. Very fast. We had a we had a cuz I could chug a beer pretty decent too. And we had a showdown over in uh Rochester, New York when we got we got snowed in one time after clinching 2009 AFC East Championship. We got snowed in. We couldn't stay in Buffalo, so they bust us to Rochester. And we had to. We went to Rochester. We went to this <laughs> dinosaur barbecue, like with the whole team. <laughs> and we started drinking beers and stuff, and like we chugged, and and he got me fair and square. So Ooh, I had to give that, him my. That's back the back. fun part, though. You know, the NFL is way different than college. Like we're going back to where we live. We all live together. Like yeah. the NFL is like you know you got this dude over here, this guy here. You know, like I might not even know much about this guy on the other side of the locker room, but when yeah. you're all stuck somewhere or you're all like snowed in or something, like that's when you can all hang out. And some of the shittiest times yield the best like hangouts. You know what? That that's in fourteen when we went on our run, we, we lost to the Packers and then we flew directly to San Diego. We had to go we had to San Diego the next week. And we stayed out there for a week. It's kind of like that bro time that, like you said, you don't get that as much because you got married men, you got your yeah. single men, you got your, you know, your, your religious guys, you got your guys that are trying to make a team and there's different cliques and they're never really together. You get the most togetherness is when like the night before the game, when everyone's eating wings or everyone's eating, you know, burgers, food in front of the burgers or whatever, you know, everyone's eating. We're all sitting watching college football before meetings. So you get like an extended per- version of that. And, it, and that's, that's where we molded our team that year, I remember, specifically in those like practice trips where you go to another team and, and, and have those uh, joint practices. Those were always fun to me because that's when you got to hang out with the guys the most, you know, and you hang out with guys that you don't necessarily hang out with because they're married or they have family or, the, you know, the kid guys. And, you know, so like it, it's the kid guys, the kid guys. <laughs> I became one. I became How about you kid. since you became a kid guy? I mean, like. I was going to ask you earlier, I'm glad you brought this up, was there a moment you knew you didn't want it anymore or you couldn't do it anymore physically? And I only asked, you know, on the heels of the kid conversation because for me, the minute kids came into the program, my patience for anything outside of them dropped. Yeah, you know, uh, I would say it definitely was a huge part of it just because you want to be able to, like, think and be able to remember and and be able to, like, run. and and Those things are nice. Yeah. <laughs> Chase your child. You know, I know what I signed up for. You know what I mean? Like, we know what we signed up for. But I, I've enjoyed so much of this life that <laughs> we're doing right now. I don't really care. I think I think we're good. I think that, yeah. you know what I mean? No, but uh, that, that was a huge part of it, you know, being able to go out and, and be an active father. Like, yeah. I had an active father. And, uh, you know, you, you're, like you said, when you have a child, your priorities shift. Like every now, every decision that I used to make was be, like, like I had tattoo of New England Patriots on my, my forehead for like the last eight years. And then when I had my kid, it was like, all right, now every decision I make is like, is this going to be kosher with this? Is, you know, are we good here? Or is my kid going to be straight? You know what I mean? Everything's yeah. about her now, <laughs> like your priorities shift. So, you know, it definitely weighed into that for sure to be able to go out and enjoy life because 
we still have like another 40, 50 years here, I think. Maybe so, more, man. Technology, the way it's going. I know. With, with the little thing they're putting in the back of the neck with uh, Elon Musk and stuff. Yeah, I'm, I, I don't even try to keep up with all that shit. I'm anti-robot, dude. Dude, AI is coming. Yeah, it's it's going to be coming it's all cool. over our society, ruining it. Going to have T2000 situations left and right. Let me ask you this, because you've always been very high strung, like you, you got a lot of energy. I just, the sitting still part of it. You said inside the NFL, I think you're going to do great on that. It's going to be awesome. Well, one thing is I wonder, are you going to be able to talk about the Patriots freely? That's one interesting one. From talking to Ninko about being on TV, it's hard sometimes to balance that. And he tries to do it just head on, but it's tough. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to give my takes, man. I've earned my stripes. I'm good. Hey, Bill, like, Bill's going to take away your, your little back, come back to practice pass if you give the wrong take. <laughs> Yo, bro, hey, I've sacrificed my life for that guy. Yeah. I'm going to call it how it is. Yeah, I, mean, I got confidence in coach, and, yeah. and I'll always be fair. So could could you ever coach was the question I was going to ask. Hell no. Yeah. Absolutely not. So. Yeah. I put 14 hours a day in as a player. Yeah. And you see coaches that put it in probably another five hours. Yeah. And, and don't when you when you go and you're leaving the facility and you're seeing the coach in the parking lot with his family in his car who had to come see him at his little like dinner break before they go have like nine o'clock. <laughs> that shit is really like, I'm seeing guys playing catch with their kids in the parking lot. Drive through visits. Drive through visits. I mean that that I can't do that. I mean, and that tells you, and that's why you tip your hat to guys. Yeah, at, uh, you know, at our, you know, in New England that have put in so much time. Those coaches, they do a lot of that. And I know it's not like that everywhere, but the fact that I have that in my head that some group is doing that, then I wouldn't be able to sleep if I was on another coaching staff and having to like, like, all right, we're not really doing that much. Like here, like because I've heard how it is in certain places where it's different here and there. That and then also another factor is, I mean, it's it's the young guys are crazy. These young dudes like coaching these guys, are, it's nuts. Yeah, like I've been I've been in the room as as an older guy watching. You know, it's it's a different generation. What do you it's think they don't get? I saw you on uh, Desus and Mero, uh talking to them about this, yeah. like the whole yeah. See, I catch some of your shit. Yeah. You know, I follow you a little bit, Jules. Listen to the Blue Light podcast. Blue dude. Light, fuck you. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> hey, young uh, people. What's up with the young kids that you notice a big? Because I think skill guys are the most different. I think D linemen are kind of are frozen in time. They're like we just are what we are. Like we're fucking nuts, you know. <laughs> but the, yeah. the skill guys are different now. So what is it? Well, I think it's just I think it's because there's so many these kids have been on platforms since they were like born now. Yeah, and you got a kid who did an insane backflip catch in high school and got went viral with it and he comes in then he goes to college and he gets a little more clout and then he comes into the league and he thinks he's like you know i mean there's a lot of that going on and it's like that with every old generation talking about every new generation i'm sure but like it's just a different shape of guy it's a different type of guy i mean i don't know it's 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 hard for me to explain it's hard for me to explain without shitting on this generation. Yeah, I, I'm not even trying to. Because <laughs> no, awesome. there are some real guys that come out and you're like, man, this guy's a throwback. But it's all yeah. kind of what you grew up with. I'm sure there were guys that, you know, pre-CBA guys. Before that lockout in 2011, things were different. There were more vets. There were more like OGs. There was a different vibe in locker rooms. You said people staring at their phones like 
it just was a it's a different world and same thing in locker rooms yeah you know it's just you know the learning style and like the type of like the game that's changing because i mean whatever they do in college it always evolves to come into the nfl yep. I and mean, we're seeing that literally you know with with the type of quarterbacks that are you know how the evolution of the quarterbacks going right now and and the spreading out of everyone i mean so it's just the way these guys are learning. Everything's one word. This now yeah. it's all high speed. Now that like one, yeah. I mean, I'm not used to that. And like now it's you talk about like evolution of position. One guy that you played with in the last year, like was revolutionary in a lot of ways. Like so unique. There's never been a guy like him before. And I don't know if you can duplicate him. So I don't know if he's actually changing the position. It's Cam Newton. I mean, just to have a guy who can do the things. When he's not throwing the ball well later in his career, a year like last year, he's had some struggles, maybe physically, that sort of thing. He still helped draw in so many ways, and he was still like a heartbeat of your team in so many ways. You could see the guys gravitating towards him. I learned a lot about him watching him play in New England. Did you learn anything new about Cam Newton? What did you learn about the guy that you watched for all those years? I definitely learned a lot playing with Cam. I mean, everyone's got a you know premeditated like look on certain things and certain, you know, looking outside in on a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of things, a lot of everything, you know, and then getting to know Cam and, and seeing how Cam worked and getting to vibe with Cam, you know, Cam is Cam, bro. That That's just him. Like people like front on him, like, yo, you need to stop this. You need to stop that. Like that is literally just Cam's just a fun dude that works his ass off. That likes to play football, had a lot of success and he's just grinding away. He's swagged out. That's what Cam does. You know what I mean? And I learned that firsthand. Like, I'm like a hard dick, you know, in, in the locker room. Mm. And, and to have a, <laughs> a hard ass. A hard <laughs> ass. <laughs> Damn, dude. That was hard. That was that was it. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> I, have, I have multiple, like, different types, you know, like, Yo, I'm a serious guy. I like to joke around here and up, but like having Cam and having a, seeing a different way to do and approach the game was was very was very cool and interesting, and and I enjoyed it. You know, and guys like, were receptive to it because you could see like dudes that you know their their favorite dude they ever played with was Tom. It's not about comparing two guys, and and honestly, like there were rough spots, but you still like everybody loved him. It just looked like that, and I just really respected the way he stood tall after losses like that was the thing for me that i was like i know how hard it is up there dude you know what i mean accountable guy like cam is an accountable guy you know and and he works his tail off he gets in there super early leaves super late i mean he lives breathes and dies ball man and and that's what you want to see from that position and regardless of you know the outcomes of games you knew you were going to get you know, the best out of him and you were going to, you know, he, he, he was working hard to get to where he wanted to go. I tell you right now, the guy's charming. He's a very <laughs> charming guy. Yeah. You know, when your hand, his interpersonal like communication skills are like awesome as a leader, you know, he knows how to charm you and certain, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, make guys feel better probably on days they're feeling feel better. shitty and, yeah, you know. so these guys feel better and he's, he talks, he talks with everyone, you know what I mean? He's just a, he's a cool dude that, you know, I th I thought he it was hard for that. That was a tough situation to jump into uh, with the amount of time that he had to do it. 
So I, I think that was kind of – it's unfair to to really go in and, and evaluate Cam Newton as a player with the amount of variables that everyone had last year. Yeah. Not, not with just, you know, being signed like a week before camp, which, you know, this is calculus, this offense. This isn't like, all right, we're just going to do this and this. You know what I mean? So that was an uphill battle for anyone. Um, and then also the fact of, you know, all the – the regulations with the COVID, this, that, like there was no like real routine that anyone really could get into. The Kansas City game. We flew on the same day of the game, bro. How tight were you? I couldn't walk. Bro, like I don't think people realize you can't sit in high school. These are 30 something year old men. Their yeah. bodies don't feel the same as usual. You can't just hop on a bus and just show up and play. I mean, on a you bus, can. maybe. A bus, maybe. A bus, maybe, but not on a bus to a plane and then a bus to Arrowhead, which is like another hour and a half. They fucked that whole airport situation Dude. up. I, it, that was that was crazy. That's when I started thinking, like, yo, I don't know if I can That might have been the moment, huh? <laughs> there we go. That was the moment. Julian Edelman yeah, knew he was done in Kansas City because this is just so crazy last year. I mean, what are we doing? Like, I'm 34 years old. <laughs> I don't have any cartilage in my knee, and you guys expect me to get off this plane, strap them up, and go play oh, against people camps? Moses was like, hey, just get some squats in, Jules. No. I, so we didn't know when we were leaving and we couldn't go to the facility for a certain amount of days. And I, I had to like keep my knee moving. So I, ha I had to go out to freaking the Esplanade over in Boston. There's like these two fields and I had to like jog on Saturday because we didn't have or Sunday because they postponed the game I'm over here in my cleats jogging in public over at Boston <laughs> Common. Like, like, like it's such a, a douchebag. Like people are like Julian Edelman, like they definitely 100%. have a facility. He's just out here to, to like he's a thirst well, there trap. Was no, there was no one even out because did you have your shirt off? Did you take your shirt off? No, it was freezing. Well, that never stopped you before. <laughs> <laughs> I would too if I was jacked. You ha do you have my mask still? I don't have your mask. I lost the Julian Edelman mask sadly somewhere in that crowd at that parade, which was just one of the my favorite days of my life. That parade was fun parade. The mask. Whoever's out there has got the mask will put a a sizable reward on that thing. So I would love to to see that. Julian Edelman, amazing career man. You know, I think people should give you your flowers. Uh, and I didn't get a chance to speak to you after your living funeral. One of the most competitive people that I've ever gotten a chance to play with. I appreciate you, man. Great teammate, great friend. Good luck in the next chapter. Come back soon, okay? All right, bro. I appreciate you having me and, and those feelings are very mutual and uh on a side note can you text me kyle's number you I got it because you put him in the movie yeah i'm gonna put him in the movie <laughs>